Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, look, it's exciting times. Uh, we're glad to be back. We hope you guys missed us and uh, yeah, let's get into it and start talking all things rugby league. I've got Alicia with me tonight on the panel. Uh, and Alicia, the question I've got for you is expansion, expansion, expansion. Obviously, we've welcomed in uh, the Dolphins. I always want to say the Redcliffe Dolphins, but the Dolphins come in as our 17th team. And now all eyes are set on who that 18th uh, franchise, uh, who, who that will be. And that's a question I've got for you. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? Where will Where will this 18th team come from? Well, firstly, Happy New Year, Dan, to you and all our listeners. Um, I think we're going to head to New Zealand for the 18th team. I think it's pretty, not obvious, but it's it's a pretty logical choice once we've got that, um, the fourth Queensland side in that we, we now look to New Zealand. We know there's a lot of talent there. We know a lot more sort of rugby players are um, getting into rugby league and I think we need to tap into, um, tap into both islands in New Zealand. So... Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I think it'll be a lot sooner than probably, you know, the last time the Titans and then the Dolphins, the time between then. I think we'll see it in the next, you know, few years, probably even next broadcast cycle, I imagine. It'll get brought up. Um, we'll get a bit more of a clearer under, um, indication. So, yeah, New Zealand for me. And I think, um, you know, it sets up so many opportunities in terms of, you know, the Warriors, local derbies and, um you know, just taps into that market, which I think we need to do a bit more of over there. Yeah, no, that, that definitely sounds like a good idea. I mean, you know, for me, I'm torn on this one. I've got a couple of ideas that are floating around. Obviously, the the WA, the Perth uh, bid is a really strong one and, and something that's probably you're going to be right there as an option for the 18th team. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, And, and also... And my, my sort of thoughts are heading around like a Pacifica team. Um, I really feel like, you know, a lot of the, the momentum that we've built um, in PNG um, and a lot of those Pacific islands, Pacific nations, I just feel like that can be a bit of a point of difference uh, for rugby league and can also sort of, you know, start that journey of sort of improving the international game as well. So for me, I'd be sort of building some sort of Pacifica team and I'm with you. It's like, where do we, where do we put them? So I'm thinking up north. Um, up north in Queensland uh, and, and sort of playing games, you know, in PNG and other locations, sort of being a little bit creative with it. But, you know, again, with something like that, it's it's definitely a long-term uh, investment. But, yeah, look, exciting times uh, to see some um, some new clubs appear. Obviously, the game, you know, continues to shine. But, um, yeah, definitely going to be interesting to watch over the next few years. All right, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. want to be king in your story. Yeah, and tonight on the huddle, we'll be looking at the Parramatta Reels. And Alicia, you know, when you think back to, to 2021... Uh, I guess the, the Eels were probably in the media more than they would have liked. I guess 2022, new year, new start. Um, yeah, talk to us about, I, I guess, uh, yeah, a new opportunity for the Parramatta Eels to uh, yeah, really redefine themselves uh, throughout the remainder of the preseason, hopefully uh, put themselves in a strong position for the start of the season. 
I mean, before Christmas, it was a pretty well in sort of um, off season for, for the Eels with all the off field, um, you know, signings. Um, we had Clint Gutherson re sign, and then obviously they're going to lose Isaiah Papali at the end of this year. And, um, you know, they had uh, Regan Campbell Gillard, he re signed, and then obviously they got Junior Paulo as well. So there's a couple of silver linings, I guess, to some of the guys that are departing. Um, Reed Marnie hasn't been announced as going to Canterbury in 2023 yet, but we pretty much know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty intriguing year for Parramatta coming up. I feel like um, they've been sort of thereabouts. Um, started off seasons really, really well. Um, from memory last year, they only dropped like their first one in 10 games or something. So it was a massive start, but they just sort of like they have been falling away um, in that second half of years. And and obviously the finals, we know that they sort of um, haven't reached a prelim, um, falling a bit short of that. So, um, look, it's, it's a it's a really interesting time for Parramatta because I think it's, it's getting to the stage where it's make or break. You know, how do they, similar to Newcastle um, last podcast we spoke about, like how do they take that next step? Parramatta obviously are way ahead of Newcastle, but, Again, it's like, how do they go to that premiership winning team? They're just not quite there yet. Um, I thought their attack towards the end of last year got too predictable. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's definitely going to be quite interesting. And I guess you hate to pick on the halves, but Alicia, let's start there. And obviously, you know, a lot of the a lot of the pressure and a lot of the focus will be on. Well, we'll start with their halfback in Mitchell Moses. I guess the question I've got for you is. You know, Mitchell. You know, twenty seven years of age now, uh, and you know, everyone's sort of. I guess, expecting him to take another big step uh, in season 2022. I mean, you know, what Parramatta Eels fans are, are going to be looking for for Mitchell is to kind of bridge the gap between him and Nathan Cleary and some of the elite halves in the competition. He's a guy who broke in a state of origin. This is his year. But my question is, this isn't a 22, 23-year-old finding their way. You know, Mitchell's played a lot of football. You know, can you see a player such as Moses be able to take such a huge leap? Or, you know, do you think it's going to be more incremental in his play uh, next year? Or this year, sorry. I can't believe he's already over 170 games. I feel like he only just started out. You know, I do feel like he's still a 21-year-old. And I guess, um, look, he's definitely, I thought, his 2021 season was was pretty good. I thought he didn't get a lot of support probably um, as much from like Dylan Brown as what he had the year before. But, um, you know, I think those two have, have struck up a pretty decent combination that that can allow Mitch to, to take more control. And it's just a case of, I guess, you know, can he take it to another level this year? And um, can he? I'm not sure. Like I don't know whether we've seen – the best of Mitch already, you know, and it's it's a good level, but I'm yet to see anything that sort of convinces me that he can be that real sort of off-the-cuff X-factor player and stand up in big games. That's his, his big thing. Um, does he go missing in games? I wouldn't say he does go missing, but he definitely needs to find another gear under pressure. Yeah, look, I think he's a high-quality player, uh, that's for sure. I just I can't see what other Parramatta fans are seeing in that – you know, Mitchell can just go through another preseason and become the game's best player. You know, he can be the next Nathan Cleary. I, I just don't quite think he can get there. But Alicia, you kind of touched on maybe a bit of a, a bit of an opportunity there for the Eels to kind of help out Mitchell. And that is someone who is 21 years of age, and that's his halves partner in Dylan Brown. Now, I was probably his biggest critic uh, in season 2021. Um, you know, we're hard on the people we love. You know, he's a great young footballer. But, yeah, I, I guess when you think about players that could take a big jump, you know, 2022, it's got to be the year of Dylan Brown. 
Yeah, I thought to be fair, um, when he got in trouble last year for that uh, those that kneeing incident, you know, with Drew Hutchison, I thought his his confidence probably got rocked a little bit. He was in the media probably for the first time a bit negatively um, around that that incident, and you know, copped a few weeks on the sidelines. And I, I just think he wasn't quite there. Um, you know, he didn't really provide a hell, hell lot of um, X factor and just sort of take the heat off off uh, Mitch Moses that we, we saw in that first year. You know, he come onto the scene as that young 18, 19-year-old kid who, um, you know, really offered that point of difference for the Eels, whereas, you know, in 2021, we probably – I wouldn't say it was second-year syndrome because I don't think he was that bad, but um, I think he, he's definitely got to sort of, um, you know, take that next step and, and just be that – Rolling, they swap sides, right? They started the season um, swapping edges, and it sort of didn't work out. And they moved back towards the end of the year, and probably found a little bit more form. But yeah, I mean, Dylan only had two tries this in 2021. You know, from 21 games, I don't think that's that's good enough. Um, he needs to sort of they need to level that out in 2022. Yeah, no, definitely, and and I, I guess the, the reason why I'm so hard on him is, is they need so much production out of him because they have a have a different type of fullback in Clint Gutherson. You know, I guess no one's James Tedesco, no one's Tom Trevojevic, and, and I guess Clint Gutherson always kind of cops shade that he isn't that elite fullback. I, I think he's another great player, but he's a different player. He's a workhorse and someone who doesn't have that electric creativity that can score, you know, the, the points of some of those those top players. So that that puts a little bit of pressure on Dylan. But look, you know, it's six foot tall. You know, this guy, he's a big footballer. I think he's just got to get that confidence back. And um, yeah, again, it's a bit of a flow-on effect and we'll take some pressure off Mitchell Moses. Uh, Alicia, next question I've got for you is, how do you play in that last season of your contract? You know, you you look at a guy like Reed Marnie, and we'll get to Isaiah probably later, but, you know, Reed, he plays in such an important, crucial position in the dummy half role. Um, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, it all, all appears to be over in terms of his Parramatta, Parramatta career. This will be his last year. What's your kind of predictions there? Because, you know, it can go one or two ways, can't it? You know, it could be a potential fairy tale finish where he plays his best football, competes with Harry Grant for that origin jersey, or, you know, we have seen things uh, go the other way when it comes to these contracts. Yeah, I mean, we've seen players pretty much by mid-season end up at that club because clearly their heart's not in it. I think Parramatta will be a little bit different. Um, you know, it, it has been a, a pretty silly off-season in terms of players signing in advance, probably the most we've ever had, to be fair. Um, but I think someone like Matt Burton's a prime example of how you can, you know, keep your head down and, and still go out a massive winner. And for, for Reid Marnie and Papa Lee, to an extent, I know he was only there for 12 months before he signed a, a new deal with the Tigers, but... They have got unfinished business. You know, they want to finish at Parramatta on a high, and particularly for Reed Marnie, who's who's been there from when they, um, you know, got the wooden spoon um, and then have basically turned themselves into a consistent finals team. Um, and they miss Reed Marnie. You know, they need him. Parramatta need him as well. So there won't be any pressure from Parramatta, I don't think. Um, yeah, as long as... Reed's willing to wait and stick around, then I think his heart will, will definitely be in it. But I can I can see where you're coming from. Um, but I think these days too, it's kind of changing a little bit. I think some players are happy to take that 12 months um, contract in advance, but also sort of play their heart out for, for the team before they do leave. 
Yeah, no, I think it's important because, you know, who knows what uh, season 2022 has to offer for a guy like Reed. Like, when you think about those representative jerseys, there's not too many players that are ahead of him. So an injury here, a bit of form, you know. So if Reed plays really, really well, I think that's um, that's great news for Parramatta. Um, we'll, we'll quickly touch on this one, and then we'll move into the outside backs. Um, the quick one I want to touch on is... You know, look, Alicia, when you look at the Parramatta Reels, you've just got to be envious of this forward pack. This is something that is clearly a strength of the Parramatta Reels. Anytime you've got a guy like Junior Paulo, RCG in the same team, not to mention their stacked second row, I mean, yeah, there, there doesn't appear to be any weaknesses in this group. No, whereas in 2020 they had a really good starting side, but, um, you know, their bench probably didn't add a lot of impact, whereas 2021... Um, you know, obviously with Papa Lee's arrival and no one could have predicted, you know, how well he went. He just added a whole other level to the point where uh, Ryan Madison and Sean Lane at the end of the season were, were on the bench. So I think that's where they really went to another level in 2021. Um, they needed that bench impact. They signed no one again in 2022, but I think um, with the guys that they they do got, um, I think that'll be enough for them. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty formidable pack. I like when they, the two forwards, I've spoken about this in the past, like Junior Paulo will offload to um, Regan Campbell-Gillard close to the line and vice versa. I like when there's those tip-offs with Nathan Brown as well. So Parramatta are playing their best when they are, are over the advantage line and, and doing that, putting putting their own props in in um, space and, and running lines because it just creates that fast play of the ball and then, um, you know, allows those outside backs to, to shine. But, yeah, I think their forward pack is pretty underrated still, to be fair. I don't think we see that enough. I think that's something that they need to tap into a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No reason why they can't be the premier pack in the competition. Uh, and I guess, you know, when you're thinking about a club that's really trying to you know, take that next step with the same group. Uh, all eyes are on some of their juniors, some of their younger players in the squad, because that's where you can get a little bit of, I guess, a boost and a little bit of a point of difference. Um, let's move out to their outside backs. Obviously, you know, devastating news with the ACL injury to, to Makasivo. Um, you know, just really bad timing for him. But I, I guess some, you know, a bit of an opportunity for some of the other younger players. You know, Hayes Dunster, he's just re-signed. I think we've spoken about Will Penasini in other um, in other episodes as a rookie to watch. Alicia, just quickly touch on some of those younger players in the back line. And, yeah, again, fingers crossed for Eels fans that these guys can, yeah, re- really step it up in season 2022. Yeah, it's probably something that has been pretty critical of Parramatta in the past about their juniors. Like we know they've got a great junior system, but none of, not many have really come through and actually, you know, played first grade and, and I guess played a pretty decent career um, from start to finish, you know, in the junior level. But I thought Parramatta, what they did really well in 2021 was blood. A lot of these sort of young guys, and most of them were outside backs. Like if you look at the list, the guys that you mentioned, you know, there was Sean Russell as well. Um, Hayes Perrin was there. Um, so they've got, a few guys, Jacob Arth obviously made his debut as well. Um, so there are some kids that are coming through the system. Um, you know, they've got to obviously you now take the next step. They've had a bit of a taste. Um, and I thought, you know, most of them look pretty promising. I like the look of Will Penasini, as we mentioned. Um, Sean Russell had a had a great, uh, great debut and he's obviously a bit of a long-term prospect. So, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting, um, and it has to be because you know, like no Blake Ferguson uh, in twenty twenty two either. That leaves a, a pretty decent hole in terms of you know your, your meters out of yardage and out of the red zone. So, 
yeah, they need they need to obviously fill that gap there. Yeah, not going to be very, very important that these young kids uh, perform, that's for sure. All right, well, let's jump into our predictions now. So, you know, the reality is is that Parramatta Reels fans, this is kind of going to be like they're, they're almost their final uh, last hurrah, even though they do have some good signings coming in to replace Reed Marnie with Josh Hodson coming in in season 2023. But, you know, this is probably the year that Parramatta fans really want them to, to win. So expectations are sort of, you know, around that, that second, you know, competing with the big dogs with... Uh, Melbourne and 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 and, uh, and the Penrith Panthers, Alicia. What's your predictions? Can they get that high on the ladder? Yeah, I think they can. I think they're going to be a quiet mover this year. Um, you know, they've got the same team pretty much. Obviously, as mentioned, Blake Ferguson is a is a big loss, but I think that they can cover him. Um, I'm expecting them to be in that top four region again. But you know, look in the last three years, three semi final finishes, like. Can they make that next step? You know, this is pretty much, as you said, their last year to do it. I think it'll sort of all unravel after this year if they can't get it done. So, yeah, top four and, and good luck, para fans. Yeah, look, I'm the same. I'm predicting that they're going to come fourth and it's not going to make fans happy. But, again, when you think about the Roosters, you think about Penrith, you think about Melbourne Storm that are above them, uh, and who knows what's going to happen with South Sydney and a few other clubs. It's just, um, yeah, I think it's where Parramatta's is at at the moment. And, look, hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully they can sort of really, um, really push things along. But, yeah, I've got a fourth place for the Parramatta Eels. All right, let's jump through to our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match... In history, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, something that's been quite fun here at Mojo on the NRL show is the match as we sort of compare players, you know, within the same club competing. And Alicia, tonight's a little bit interesting because you literally have two players that are kind of competing for the same position. And we speak of Blake Braley and Cam McInnes, who are both vying for that starting uh, number nine jersey. Obviously, one jersey, two players, it's, it, it all can't fit under a new coach. Uh, let's start with young Blake Braley. Talk to us a little bit about, um, obviously, his background. Got a very interesting um, story, you know, obviously his connection with his brother as well. Um, yeah, let's start with Blake. Yeah, I mean, he's come through the, the Sharks junior systems and um, obviously was playing behind Jaden while they were both at the Cronulla and then Jaden moved on to Newcastle and... Um, I felt like it was a bit of a family sacrifice there because they were they were both dummy halves, and uh, I think the younger brother might even also be a dummy half as well. So, um, you know, it, it, I thought it was pretty cool to to then see Jaden obviously too having a soft spot for the Knights head up there. He's he's played pretty well, but um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I'm a little bit I get a little bit frustrated with Blake because I feel like we we haven't really seen what he's capable of, probably more so in attack, I think, because, you know, he's still learning as he's going. He's, he hasn't played a, a lot of footy compared to other hookers in the game. Um, but I also think that Cronulla probably haven't played um, a, an attacking style of footy that, that suits someone like Blake Braley. But I think with more games under his belt, he can only get better. Um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's obviously a good talent. Um, I, I just wonder, like, I guess how much he can sort of take it take it to the next level. We've spoken about that pretty much a fair bit on this podcast. But he needs to sort of show a bit, I think, this year to, to stay in that number nine jersey because now he's suddenly got some pretty decent competition there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh I think that's pretty accurate because um, you know, probably if 
you know, if you're comparing the two players in Blake and and, and Jaden, they, they probably they probably went with Blake because they saw a little bit more attacking flair out of him. Um, you know, he just had you know he just appeared to have a little bit more creativity. But um, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, Cronulla sort of have struggled, but you just wonder what his how quickly he can build those combinations with those new players. I think his combination with Nico Hines, you know, that could be something that could unlock that component of his game because. Um, yeah, I, I guess what Cronulla Sharks fans want to see is uh, more points and, and more creativity out of that dummy half position because they, they lost a really, really good hooker. Um, it was their brother and, and Newcastle. Um, yeah, they're certainly getting the benefits out of that. But, um, yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how Blake Blake improves. Uh, and, and I guess if we, if we take a look at him himself, so obviously 23 years of age, 80 kilos. Alicia, this is a player who physically can probably get a significant benefit out of a preseason. Like, you know, this is a really important period for a guy like Brake and put on a little bit more size to handle some of that contact in the middle and, um, you know, continue to work on his game with a new coach and, as we as we spoke about, a bunch of new players arriving at the club. Yeah, that's right. And I remember he did a couple of interviews where he, um, you know, he's had to put a lot of weight on. He was a very sort of skinny, lightweighted kid even coming into to grade. So he's had to put a fair bit of weight on the last, say, 18 18 months to two years, um, which would knock you around, you know, your style of of play. But, like, looking at his stats as well, he played 24 games last year. Um, big thing was compared to the 2020 season where he played 20 that he, he made he made about 76 missed tackles in, in 2021. So that's a little bit of a concern, um, you know, as a dummy half. But the big one as well is the, the average running metres. He was down um, in 2021 compared to the 2020 season on average. He, he uh, only ran for 41 metres last year. So to me, like with the new rules, I would have expected that to be a little bit higher. And I remember with Jaden Braley, um, his brother, he was a little bit higher in 21. So he's obviously like working on that side of his game, a little bit older than, than Blake and has a bit more experience. But I think for Blake to get better, he really needs to, I guess, just take a bit more control. I feel like because he's the younger one in that, that forward pack, he probably just doesn't have the authority yet to, to really sort of push that team around as much as probably what he'd like. Yeah, being a bit more vocal, spraying a few forwards and uh, getting everyone into the positions that uh, that they sort of need to be in. It's going to be very, very important for him. And as you mentioned, he's going to have to pick it up and he's going to have to do it very, very quickly because he has someone hot on hot on his tail. And let's talk about Akeem McInnes now, Alicia, because, you know, he's a player who, you know, really disappointed for him, obviously with that season-ending injury at the Dragons, you know, not the way that he wanted to, to finish his career there, but... You know, from all reports and everything you see in the media and, and a lot of the, the interviews that he's given, um, you know, he has absolutely transformed his body. He is he's a player that's desperate to get back out on the field. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Cam McInnes can bring to the Sharks because physically th- this looks like the best condition he's ever been in, in, in his career. I feel like every preseason we always get, like, that really bad news before the balls even kick that somebody major has gone down and done something, you know, long-term they're out for the whole year. And it just, it just cruels fans. And for Cameron McInnes, like that was unfortunately him this time last year. But um, I guess in a way it's probably a bit of a silver lining in that he's really fresh now. You know, he's had a full 12 months to get his knee right. Um, You know, a lot of players sort of rush back if they do it a bit later on in, in the year. So um, yeah, I'm expecting him to, you know, really put his foot down and um, he, he earned massive raps when he was in that New South Wales origin camp in 2020. He obviously didn't play a game, but just being around those players, um, 
The interesting thing that I find about it is that, like, he wasn't signed under Craig Fitzgibbon. He was obviously signed under Johnny Morris. So, like, they had plans for him to move to lock. And now I wonder with Dale Finucane coming along, um, I guess where does McInnes now fit in if he's not going to be lock? You know, it's – well, to us, at least, we've worked out that it, it has to be a shootout for that hooker role, you know. So, um, yeah, it's pretty fascinating times ahead. And obviously he's coming off the knee injury too, so – um, I'm a little bit hesitant to sort of start him. I think he, he's going to still take a bit of time to find his feet. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. You know, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match, and this is complicated. Uh, yeah, to talk, talk to us and just, yeah, uh, I guess confirm who your starting hooker is uh, for the Cronulla Sharks in season 2022. Oh, it's hard. I would, you know what, I'm going to give Blake Braley the benefit of the doubt. I think he's been there years now um but I think on notice straight away like Cameron McInnes coming off knee injury let him you know start the year off the bench in that 14 role um but geez if if Cronulla aren't doing well or or someone like Blake isn't up there in the in the meters and I know stats aren't everything but you know what I mean like if he's not sort of putting in Tack-wise, and I think we'll see Cam Cam McInnes start a hooker. Yeah, I, I'm very similar. Like, if Cam flashes uh, in the trials, I, I think they're going to be really, really important trials this year for a club like Cronulla. I think Blake could be like a little bit of an X factor for this club on the bench. So I'd probably flip it. I, I'd probably start Cam McInnes. He does have to look strong in those trials, though. And look, Blake Braley coming in fresh and playing smaller minutes, I actually think that could unlock him. So um, look, you know, it, it's great to have uh, a lot of good players in your side. It's a definitely. A, a good headache for Craig Fitzgibbon, but certainly one to watch um, heading into the season. All right, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and Alicia, we're inching closer to the World Cup. Obviously, we've had our World Cup series running for a little while now in rapid fire, and we've kind of avoided this this team because we don't want to give them too much uh, credit because they're probably the one team that can really give Australia um, some some problems, and that's the, the New Zealand Kiwis. Uh, my question I've got for you is, who is your Kiwi player to watch uh, heading into the World Cup? Especially when they're ranked number one now. They've, they've got the bragging rights leading into the World Cup. Um Kiwi player to watch, I think this year will be Joey Manu. Um, you know, he's he's been a pretty consistent and outstanding player for the Roosters for so many years. Um, we've seen him obviously play a few games for the for the Kiwis. Um, his battle with Latrell Mitchell, I think, in that test match from memory um, recently was was quite exciting. I would say recently when it was like two years ago, last time they played a test. But um, yeah, look, he he. He's just dynamite and he just brings that sort of X, X factor and, um, you know, ability to play fullback as well, which is something with Roger Tuvasa-Shek leaving, uh, that spot's wide open. You know, I know Chance Nickel-Klockstar was there, but um, I guess so many things can change too that if he's not putting in this year, then Joey Munn is a pretty decent replacement. Yeah, and, and to be honest, if you're picking the if you're picking the side today, I guess Joey would walk into that fullback role. So, no good play to call out. And uh, again, he's a guy that would make the Kangaroos really, really nervous because um, he's just a player that shines on the biggest stage. We've seen that for the Roosters in those biggest games, and obviously the way the season ended for him, um, yeah, there's going to be a serious fire in his belly to do amazing things uh, this year. Uh, look, the player to watch for me is again picking out one of their big guns, and that's Brandon Smith. Uh, Brandon. 
he has, um, yeah, had spent his time in the media, obviously, and, and now it's time to put that behind him and really uh, focus in on his football. And, uh, you know, if, if the Kiwis are going to give this a really good shake and win the World Cup, and they're certainly, they're certainly, they can certainly do that, their top players have to dominate the NRL this season. I think that's going to be really, really important. Um, so a guy like Brandon Smith, he can't be good. Um, he's going to have to lift his game. He's going to have to be great. And, and you know, for me, you know, trying to, you know, obviously read read some tea leaves here, I, I think he is in for a big season. Um, there's just been so much spoken about him. And, um, yeah, it, it's time for him to get back to his football and remind people that, you know, he is one of the, the better players in the game. You know, there's, there's a few things with this as well, though. Obviously, with ha- the Harry Grant situation uh, in his final year at Melbourne is going to be interesting to watch because Brandon, he'll be the starting hooker for the Kiwis, so definitely going to be interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, uh, and Alicia, just, just to sort of round up on that conversation, um, is it Kiwis, Kangaroos, World Cup final? Uh, you know, it, it, I guess it, are the Kiwis, you know, one of our biggest, one of our biggest challenges uh, heading into the year? Yeah, absolutely. I think... I mean, so much can change. I think if we wrote down our Kiwis and Kangaroos sides now, um, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to see the teams at the end of the year of how far off we are. But um, yeah, definitely, I could see it being a final um, between the Kiwis and Kangaroos. Um, and then there's England as well. Like I think, you know, they were, were pretty good last World Cup um, out here in Australia. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I mean, it feels so far away, but it would go really, really quick to, to get here. But I think the Kangaroos, if they can get it together in terms of just getting a team together, actually playing some test matches beforehand might help too. Um, but, yeah, they'll be pretty tough to beat. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing for the Kiwis is health. You know, Aussie, the, the Kangaroos have just got so much depth. And, you know, the, the Kiwis, they've got more depth than a lot of the other nations competing in the World Cup, but still, you know, they want to make sure that all of their top players are fit and healthy. So that will certainly come into play. But, um, yeah, definitely one to watch. Um, Kiwis, from my experience watching World Cups, is they get better as the comp goes, as the tournament goes. Um, I think 08 they did, um, 2013 I think the same. So, yeah, they definitely get better as as the tournament goes. Yeah, definitely. If they can, basically, if they can somehow um, scrape and, and battle their way through to a final, they're, they're definitely not a, not a team that you want to compete uh, in, in that final game. Uh, but no, look, uh, it's going to be an exciting year. And we look, we've missed the international game. This is something that, you know, rugby league really need to invest more in. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the, can't wait for it to arrive. All right, well, look, that's the uh, that's all the time we have to tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel of one tonight, Alicia. We'll have Tasha back with us uh, very, very soon. Uh, look, it's great to be back. Uh, yeah, we, we hope that uh, we hope that you guys can continue to support the show, download the show, share with family and friends. This year is going to be huge for Mojo Sports across all of our all of our platforms, all of our shows. So, really appreciate everyone's support. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.